On CBS, you've heard Jack Benny. Bergen and McCarthy, still waiting with a variety of entertainment, are Rocky Jordan, Horace Height, our Miss Brooks, The Whistler, and Red Skelton. Now, Del Monte Foods brings you a world of adventure with... Rocky Jordan. I'd been trying hard for some sleep in my room up over the tambourine, but the song that echoed up and down the dark Cairo street outside wasn't helping. I got out of bed and went to the window. The singer, dressed in cap and uniform of the French Foreign Legion, leaned against a building right below me. Hey! Hey down there! Go home! Oh, monsieur, ça tombe en suite. n'est-ce pas? No parley, Francais. Just move it along. Allez, allez. Hey, let a guy get some sleep, will you? You want me to come down there? He finally broke it off and I got back to sleep. Only it wasn't my night. The second time I came out of it quick with the sound of a siren. I shoved the window open this time to see the police limousine of Captain Sam Sabaya pull up. And the bright headlights pointed out the uniform of the French Foreign Legion again. This time, sprawled face down at the curb. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Yes, Del Monte, the best-liked brand of canned fruits and vegetables in the whole wide world, takes you now to the Cafe Tambourine in Cairo, gateway to the ancient east, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's Rocky Jordan story, A Song in the Night. It started around two in the morning when a fellow in French Foreign Legion uniform woke me up with his singing below my window. The next thing that got me up was Sabaya's police siren. And the look this time showed the same uniform sprawled unmoving in the street. I put on some clothes and went down. Keep back now, all of you, keep back. He's dead, is he, Sam? As you see from the knife wound in his neck, is it possible that you have seen this man before? I only made out the uniform from my upstairs window. We had a few words a while ago. What about? He woke me up with his singing, that's all. Singing, Jordan? Yeah, guess he'd had a few drinks. I got back to sleep, and that's the last I saw of him. Then you can tell me nothing of this? His singing may not have been too good, but it wasn't bad enough to kill him over. Jordan, I have failed to find your humor the least bit amusing. What's the identification say? His pockets are empty. And do not make it your concern. It's just the blonde hair, his fair features, and the stocky build. Doesn't look much like a Frenchman to me, more like a Swede. That means nothing. All different nationalities are found in the French foreign nation. Yeah, but the fellow I talked to seemed to be French. His handling of the language is perfect. Oh, so now you are in authority on the French language. And the clothes don't fit any too well, either. Uh, Captain, uh, if I may offer my services... Who are you? I am Dr. Shamar. My offices are close by. I was returning from a night call when I saw the crowd gathered here. I see. Well, look if you like, Dr. Shamar, but I fear you are much too late. Uh, uh, the knife wound is enough. But further tests will be made. Mm. Uh, Captain, I um, could not help overhearing your conversation with Mr. Jordan. 
Uh, you do not know who this man is? No, but the body will be identified. Well, don't be too sure, Sam. I got a hunch. Never mind, Jordan. I regret I did not arrive sooner. However, death came quickly. If uh, that is all, then, Captain... Thank you, Dr. Shemar. I will require your services no longer. Nor yours, Jordan. The ambulance showed up before long, and the crowd melted away. I'd already gone back to my room, wondering about a man who sings one minute and gets killed the next. Well, it wasn't my puzzle, but the strange song he'd sung there kept ringing through my mind. Well, the murder story made page one in the morning papers. It filled up the mystery of the man's identity. One of the police still didn't know. That was enough to bring the crowd swarming around and into the tambourine. Tourists looking for the excitement and intrigue of the quaint city called Cairo. Like the elderly female school teacher at a front table, sipping a lime coke and seeing life. Oh, it's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. The way people flock to the scene of a sordid murder. Oh, I say, proprietor, are you the one who talked to him? To who, lady? Why, the legionnaire, of course. The man who was knifed at your very doorstep. I wouldn't know. Get you another coat? Oh, oh no, no. My, the whole affair has quite turned my stomach. A motley lot these legionnaires just flee from some ghastly crime. All of them, everyone... I pulled myself away and began noticing another character in the crowd. A man in cutaway and white vest with well-clipped beard who listened intently to the chatter around him. As I stepped behind the bar, he pushed his way through and sat down. We cannot escape it here, can we, senor? All this conjecture about which they know nothing. Well, does anybody, mister? <laughs> Agreed, senor. I am Count Umberto. Will you have, Count? Uh, Madera, if you please. There you are. Uh, tell me, it is true that the police have made no progress in solving last night's affair? You'll have to ask them. But, senor... Why do they spend so much time trying to learn who the man was or why he was killed? They get paid for something like that. Granted. But after all, life is quite cheap. If you look at it that way. Well, really, it is. Millions upon millions have been killed in recent wars. Why should we bother about this one? I don't know. Except that he was alive yesterday. Ah, yes, yes. You... I'm just trying to help. Oh, well, I will not go there. Oh, do not well, They wouldn't me. hold you, not if you set things straight for them. You've got to, Anna. Well, if you will promise... Anna, we As we whirled, a knife flashed in from the doorway and buried itself in the piano close to Anna's head. I was out the door in time to see a flapping Arab robe around the corner, and I followed. The chase led down a side street and wound through an open vegetable bazaar, just holding for the night. I was gaining till my foot hit a lettuce tree. I hit the ground rolling, and when I came up, the assailant was out of sight. Well, I gave it up and went back to Anna, but when I got there, she was gone. So I went to headquarters alone. Jordan, you feel quite sure, then, that the legionnaire described by the girl is the same who woke you last night with his singing? It stands to reason, Sam. The song went with him. Anna said he was a Frenchman with dark hair. Mm. If this is true, the legionnaire's clothes were obviously changed to the dead man. Sure, to put you off the trail. Somebody doesn't want him identified. But where does that put Andre? Well, probably killed, too. Jordan, about this girl... Oh, you can't blame her for running away, Sam. She was scared. Nevertheless, someone feared what she might tell. If she knows what is the, the bottom of this, she's in great danger. 
I will send men to find her and protect her. You've got something in the knife thrower, Sam. He may have been wearing robes, but he wasn't an Arab. Nobody ever heard an Arab whistle. Mm -hmm. As you say. This is a serious matter, Jordan. Any ideas? No, except that it is the third death this month of persons whom we have unable to identify. Neither have the immigration officials. So plenty's been going on, huh? What were the others like? The first was a Mexican, the second a Hindu. No identification. The customs office could give no help. Sounds like illegal entrance. Mm, perhaps. It seems important for the killer that the police have no idea who these men are. Otherwise, the motives behind the killings and their purpose might become known. Sam, uh, I know how you can... That's why I keep several cans handy all the time. Try Del Monte pineapple juice for cool, tempting, tart, sweet refreshment, friends. Buy it tomorrow. Buy plenty. And now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's Rocky Jordan story, A Song in the Night. Well, it was my own idea to set myself up as the pigeon that would smoke out the killer, so there was no backing out now. I stayed in the tambourine with the customers, keeping the gun with me. Closing time came and nothing had happened. When everybody was gone, I cut all but the backlights, slammed and locked the alley door, and went up front to do the same there. I just reached the door when a figure moved in the shadows outside. My hand gripped the gun in my pocket, and I drew back, waiting. Good evening, Mr. Jordan. Oh. Dr. Shamar. What's this about? My being up at this hour? <laughs> it is always the life of a doctor, just as it was last night. Oh, yes, yeah, sure. I'm sorry. I, um, I simply dropped by to inquire if the police have had any luck in tracking down the killer of the man we saw here in the street last night. Oh, not yet, Doctor. Uh... It has been a long day. Do you mind if I come in for a little something? Oh, I was just closing, but... Oh, well, come on in. Thank you. It's nasty business, that killing. Nasty business. Oh, hold it a second. Hello, tambourine. A little jumpy, Jordan. Who's this? I introduced myself. With the knife. The one you threw at the girl? I got another one. Every bit is good. I'll play things smart, and you won't have to use it. That's what they tell me. You're supposed to know all about the guy um, somebody killed last night. I found out some things. How much do you want to forget it? I'll tell you. Just name the place. What's his name? Who was he? It takes a price, Buster. Any place but here. Have it your way, then, Jordan. I'll be seeing you. Oh, wait a minute. Hello. Mr. Jordan, uh, that call, could it be... It was, Dr. Shimon. I, I did not realize the gravity of the situation. I, it is possible the killer will come here? Yeah, it's possible. Now will you have to drink? Oh, well, um, it is getting late. Uh, perhaps another time. Uh, good night. Uh, good night, Mr. Jordan. I figured I was too hot an article to be around. I locked the door behind Dr. Shamar's retreating figure and went back through the dim cafe and up the balcony steps to my room. 
I'd no more than opened the door when I knew somebody was there. Come in, Georgian. Sam, what are you doing here? Is it not the duty of the police to give protection? But you can't be here. You'll spoil everything. You place little faith in me, Georgian. Look, if the killer knows you're here, he'll know I've been lying about this whole business. He knows it's just a trick to get him out into the open. No one knows I am here. I had but to disguise myself as your head cook. Uh, I don't know, Sam. Jordan, you might be interested to learn that we have picked up the girl, Anna, and are holding her in protective custody. Well, that's something. Also, identification has come through on one of the dead men, the Hindu who was killed earlier. Oh, who was he? The name is not important, but he was connected with the narcotics ring. Possibly the other two were also. Yeah, that could explain why no passports. All illegal entrance. Oh, but why the killing, Sam? That is what we must learn. Switch off the lights now. We will wait out the night. I still didn't like Sam's way, but we settled down in a dark room. Sam sat erectly on the edge of the bed. I leaned a chair against the wall. Sam puffed for a while on an Egyptian cigarette, shielding the tip. Then he stashed it, and we stayed quiet. Maybe it was loss of sleep from the night before, or just the waiting. Anyhow, I dozed off. When my eyes opened, I knew a sound had done it. Sam had heard it, too. Hmm. The scrape of a footstep somewhere. And all at once it came, the glint of a knife through the open window. As Sam reeled back, I got to the window in time to see a shadow moving fast across the roof to the fire escape. My shots were wild, and he kept going over the side. Jordan! Jordan, after him. Do not let him escape. But you're hurt, Sam. No, no, the killer is all that matters. His knife was meant for me. I can't leave Jordan, I command you. Nothing doing, Sam. I'm getting you to a hospital. The ambulance made it in record time. I stayed with Sam till I knew his shoulder wound wasn't too serious. And they took him, still protesting, to a hospital bed. So our bait scheme was licked, now that the killer surely knew the police were in on it. Well, the morning papers did it again. The story even topped the squabbles of the royal family with headlines. And this time I had to put on extra help to handle the tambourine crowd. The female schoolteacher had another lime coke. Why say, proprietor, that knife which wounded the police captain, uh, was it uh, quite large? Oh, big and sharp, and it went in deep, lady. Oh. I'll gladly give you all the details. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I'm not at all interested. I dare. I wonder who the killer will try next. Another repeat customer was the perfumed Italian, Count Umberto. And more such excitement, senor, and you could raise your prices. Yeah, I could do without it, Count. I dare say you could. You were a child to think it would work. What would work? Your plan, yours and Sevier's. Did you really think you could make the killer believe that you knew something? Maybe I do know something. <laughs> oh, no. The one who called you last night should have seen that. You're up on a lot of things, aren't you? The common knowledge. The papers, those babbling tongues. Just how does it concern you so much? But it does not. It means nothing. Yeah, like you said yesterday. Only you keep talking about it. Senor, surely you do not suspect me. Oh, <laughs> oh dear, this is... Here you are. Thanks. I'm supposed to work with a cutter named Clifton. You know him? Yeah. Yeah, I know him all right. What's he like? Well, you can size him up for yourself. He's coming in now. Oh. Give me a boil and make it, Sam. Your name Clifton? Yeah, what about it? My name's Jefferson. Come on, shove it out, Sam. I, uh, I said my name's Jefferson. Yeah, I heard you. I thought maybe you might like to know who's working with you. What do you mean? I'll be loading in your room starting tomorrow. 
What's the matter with the two working there now? One of them is switching shift. Yeah? Yeah. You don't look like any miner to me. Give me another one, Sam. Right. That was too bad about your wife, Clifton. I just heard about it this afternoon. Never mind about that. You don't mind a guy saying he's sorry? I mind anything you say. <laughs> you act like I'm accusing you of something. What do you mean? Well, nothing in particular. It's just a... All right, drink your beer and shut up. Okay. There you are, Sam. Thanks. Uh, Jefferson. Yeah? Now, get this. You're working with me. Okay, I can't do anything about that. But from the time we get in that cage tomorrow and start down the shaft until we quit and come out, don't bother me with talk. Understand? Let's get in the cage and get down to midnight. Okay, let's go. Now, since we're first on, we must be working the same level. That's right. You knew? Yeah, just come on. Name's Jefferson. I'm Hinton. What drift you working? Don't know yet. Then I'm working with Clifton over there. Oh, that's number three. You're working in a small head. Tight fit and dead end, huh? Yeah. Jefferson. Yeah? I want to ask you something. I thought we weren't talking, Clifton. Where do you come from? Still don't think I'm a miner. I said, where did you come from? Carter Mine in Kentucky. Oh, soft stuff, huh? Trying to do, Trippy. What do you mean? Carter's hard, same as here. That passed me okay? All right, come on, let us out. This is our train here, Jefferson. Come on. Okay. Low scene. You better bend down. Right. Okay, let's go. What's the idea of stopping? Groundfall blocking the track ahead. Well, you can't prop up a roof with a toothpick and expect it to hold. Well, you can get around the fall on foot, all right. All right, all right. All right, you go back on the train, Hinton. Get a crew to come clean this stuff out, put in some real props, and wet the dust down. Right. Come on, Jefferson. Okay. <coughs> Can't take the dust? I'm not complaining. A few more yards, we'll be in the head, and you can straighten up. Okay. This is our happy home, and we don't make money standing still. You don't mean you're going to start cutting before they wet down? Why not? It's a cloud of dust. Suppose you hit gas. Some dust ain't combustible. Well, you know this kind isn't. I hit some gas the other day in a dust cloud, and nothing happened. Well, maybe it wasn't inflammable gas. Oh, a book miner, huh? Well, just cautious. Time is money. I'm going to start cutting. It's a fire damp. Let's get out of here. We'll never make it before it hits the dust. I said let's get out of here.
As you will learn from tonight's case, which will reopen in just a moment, training, the right kind of training, has plenty to do with security. This week at the Equitable Society, I learned something about training. The president of the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States, Thomas I. Parkinson, told me about it. You know, he said that the FBI operates a school for law enforcement officers called the FBI National Academy. Policemen from all over the country attend its classes in modern crime detection and advanced police work of all kinds. Down there recently, I was astonished to find how closely this FBI school parallels our own Equitable Society schools and training courses, and for the same purposes, too. Protection and security. Yes, representatives of the Equitable Society are always going to school. Classes run steadily at the Equitable Society, and special courses of instruction are given to Equitable Society representatives throughout the country as field training instructors constantly bring new information to equitable field men everywhere. That's why the Equitable Society representative in your community is so well-versed in the things that are closely tied in with life insurance. Things like trusteeships, tax problems, mortgages. He obliged with a U-turn on two wheels, and we doubled back the way we'd come. And five minutes later, I was on the second floor of a building only three blocks from the tambourine and at Dr. Shamar's door. It was after hours, but a skeleton key got me in and I started scratching around. The outer office didn't turn up anything, so I went on inside. There, a bottom drawer of his desk gave up a money box. It was locked, but I finally got it cracked open and it held plenty of money. Not Egyptian pounds, but foreign stuff. The pesos of Mexico, the rupees of India, the kroner of Sweden. The exact kind of money to represent each of the three dead men. There, I knew I had my answer. In just a moment, Rocky Jordan returns to conclude tonight's story. Friends, maybe you think you've enjoyed pineapple before, but just wait till you try that unusual, extra-tempting style of Del Monte pineapple, Del Monte pineapple chunks. Now you can buy them all over the West, and they're wonderful. Yes, absolutely wonderful. Big, juicy wedges cut from tender, double-thick slices of full-ripe tropic pineapple. They're about one inch wide and one inch long. Just a generous bite size for easy serving, easy eating. You'll heap them high in sherbet glasses for dessert or bring them on for breakfast, luscious and refreshing in their own sparkling syrup. And can't you ladies just picture how different and delicious these golden chunks would look on a cake or in a gelatin salad? Why, there are all kinds of ways to enjoy this handy style. And every one of them is specially tasty, too. Because Del Monte pineapple chunks have the same superb, tart-sweet flavor you get in all five styles of Del Monte pineapple. Remember, I'm talking about chunks. Del Monte pineapple chunks. Don't miss them. Ask your grocer tomorrow. Back from the confession. Victory for the hunter over the hunted is inevitable. For there's always a limit to the capacity of the hunted to endure.
Next week, you'll hear a particularly exciting case from your FBI files. Before telling you about it, a word about one of your neighbors. Just as you look to your FBI for national security, so to the Equitable Society you look for the financial security of life insurance. Yes, like the FBI agent, the Equitable Society representative in your community is a specialist on the subject of security. His job is to preserve homes, to help keep children in school, and to make old age a time of happiness and contentment. It's a good job, and one that has won for him the respect and confidence of his fellow citizens, who recognize his contribution to the security of you, your home, and your country. Next week, we will bring you another colorful story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, The Corrupt City. The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are taken from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of persons living or dead is accidental. Tonight, the music was under the direction of Frederick Steiner, the author was Frank Ferries, and your narrator was Dean Carlson. This is your FBI, is a Jerry Devine production. Now, this is Carl Frank speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community and inviting you to tune in again next week at this same time for This is Your FBI. Now I should like to read a statement from Mr. J. Edgar Hoover, Director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The observance of Boy Scout Week should command the attention of the entire nation. At a time when our country is suffering from the ravages of youthful crime, the spirit of the Boy Scouts of America is doing much to influence the future thought not only of our nation, but the world. During this period of readjustment, there is a definite need for honor among men. The Boy Scouts theme for this year is Scouts of the World Building Together. All of us might very well adopt this theme. If we do, I am sure the family of nations will enjoy peace instead of war, truth instead of false ideology. The keynote of scouting is good citizenship. A scout promises on his honor to do his duty to God, his country, and to help other people at all times. This is America at its best. Friday nights, there are great programs on ABC. Next comes Fun with Alan Young and his guest, Rita Hayworth. Don't miss this laugh-packed show. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Morg, Sheriff. Yeah. All they said was you brought in a body. Whose was it? A man named Paul Jackson. He'd been shot and dumped. Where? Out near the state line. Morg, see how long you've been dead? Oh, about an hour. Find anything besides the body? Well, some good tire impressions and a few footprints, but they weren't clear enough to be worth anything. You never are when you need them. This wallet was laying by the body. 
no money in it, but... Yes, yes, I heard everything, Dr. Shamar. Now pick up the money and bring it along. My men will assist you. The doctor and his pal Arno were cleared out in a hurry. I personally escorted Sam back to the hospital where he belonged. On the way, he gave me some good news. Andre had been found, still alive. They had just carted him off and dumped him out in the desert someplace. Well, in a little while, I was back at the tambourine where I belonged. I found a vacant table and had Chris bring me some coffee. Well, Senor Jordan, so here is where I find you. Huh? Oh. oh, sit down, Count Umberto. Oh, thank you. Oh, I was hurt, senor, that you did not continue to follow me in the taxi. It was such a charming game. Sorry to disappoint you. So now the affair is over. Yeah, you can read about it in the papers. Yes, but already there are rumors about how you were led to the guilty party by a song. A haunting melody which people cannot get from their minds when they hear it. I, I am interested, senor. How does this song go? <laughs> you know something, Count? I can't remember. Superb flavor for dependable quality always. Enjoy Del Monte fruits and vegetables. Remember, buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. The brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Rocky Jordan. Written by Gomer Cool and Larry Roman, stars Jack Moyles in the title role with Jay Novello as Sam Sabaya, and is produced and directed by Cliff Howell, with original music composed and conducted by Richard Arunt. Remember, you have a date next week at the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. Same time, same station. And the story is The Word of a Bishop. Now that it's shortcake season, why not enjoy one that's really easy and thrifty? Make it with luscious Del Monte sliced peaches. Mellow, tender, and full of tree-ripe orchard flavor. They're quick, they're inexpensive. Get Del Monte sliced peaches tomorrow. Larry Thor speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>